welcome to Gathering Christ. I'm Andrea Lindsay. I'm here with Tiffany Brown. We're really excited to talk to you today about the most recent devotional that President Nelson and his wife Wendy gave, and the address was just phenomenal. Choices for Eternity was the title of that, and it was given in May 2022. It was just awesome to listen to both of them. I loved her inspired question, and then she doesn't tell you the question for the rest of And I'm not going to tell you at all. So you're going to have to go listen to it. <laughs> but it was an excellent um, preamble to what the prophet was going to talk about with us. We're just going to dive in and start talking about what he said, the counsel that he's giving, and, and why it's important for us to, to look to true sources for our information. He begins the address talking about three eternal truths that we have to understand. And these truths set the stage for everything else that he's going to talk about. And the three things that he said is, first, each of us is going to die. And second, because Jesus Christ, each of us is going to be resurrected and become immortal. And then third, judgment day is ahead for each one of us. Now, I don't think there's a lot of people like being judged. There's a lot of people that don't want to die. The prophet coming right out and saying these are truths that we need to accept is really important. I want to go back even further. Why should we listen to the prophet? Well, there is a promise that's given to us, and it's recorded in the official declaration number one, written by Wilford Woodruff. He says, The Lord will never permit me or any other man who stands as president of this church to lead you astray. It is not in the program. It is not in the mind of God. If we were to attempt that, the Lord would remove me out of my place, and so he will any other man who attempts to lead the children of men astray from the oracles of God and from their duty. This was given in October 6, 1890 in Salt Lake City, and then it actually ended up in canonized scripture. And we'll talk about later in the in the program here what primary sources are and why we should be looking for primary sources when we're looking to understand eternal truths. But he's set up perfectly the groundwork for every truth that will follow in the talk. When I was, I was probably 18 years old and I was working at Nordstrom and one of the girls I worked with, she actually said that in the last days, the church will be led astray by the prophet or the prophet will be. And, and that was the paragraph that I went to. Like, you know, we've been guaranteed that a prophet will not lead us astray, that the Lord will remove him if he even tries. Yeah, so where did they get the I comment? I have no idea it's where so, they got that idea. Oh, wow. But but we but we come up with funny ideas all the time and we and we share them all the time. The, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of true. And and maybe anyway, like the other one is kind of that we want to say we don't talk about heavenly mother because she's too sacred. Nowhere does it ever say that. We don't know why she's not talked about a lot. Um, but she's not and everything we know about it can be found in the gospel library. I yeah. mean, there's actually an article that was written on Heavenly Mother, and it's in there. And so that's everything we know, and it's there. And even Elder Redland gave a talk in yep. General Conference about it this last time. But sometimes we just like to make up things in the church to answer questions that we have. That, that makes sense in our mind of why we do something, because we really don't know why we do something. 
we have to be more consciously aware of what we're talking about when we, we talk in church and we need to be making sure that we're giving correct information. And that puts a lot of responsibility on us like to make sure that what we're saying comes from the words of living prophets, the scriptures, and from testimonies that we've gained on those principles. No longer are the days where we throw the tie over the shoulder and say, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. We, okay, like we honestly don't have time to listen to anything other than truth and revelation. We have so much. I don't know if you felt the increase of hard. Yeah. Can't get like opinions aren't going to help us have yeah. that hard. Well, and I embarrassed myself so much because I made this mistake and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Rumor circulated and maybe you've heard the rumor, maybe, and, and I was spreading the rumor um, <laughs> that that President Eyring's wife passed away during general conference, but he didn't want it announced mm-hmm. and it's been circulated. Well, so, I actually haven't heard that one. So. Yeah. So I made the comment that she's passed away in Relief Society. And then I'm like, and, and I got it from a really, really good source. I'm not. So then I Googled it and it, there was total like, this is all rumor. We have nothing that says that she has passed away. <laughs> and and one of the ladies in our Relief Society, she's like, I'm going on family search. And she, because it would be in family search if right. there would be a death. Yeah. Anyway. There's and the no church does record. announce those kinds of things. Yeah, there is yeah. no record that she has passed away, and the church has not announced it. And I was wow. mortified that I spread the gossip and the rumor that I didn't look into it before. I anyway. So yeah, there's there's a recent. I was mortified that I made that comment. And you can misspeak, and and that's fine. Let's just, just own it. I think I misspoke on this podcast where I said that nine times he's had near death, but it's he said uh, multiple times or something in this oh. talk. Okay, so it's in this talk. You can read it for yourself. He doesn't give a number, and I gave a number because I heard it wrong. And we can be guilty of hearing things wrong. We can we can just like be listening and be like. Oh my goodness. And we have to go back and check. Okay. We honestly have to quit being lazy learners and go back and check and see. And I apologize for being a lazy learner on that one and just accepting what I heard, which was wrong. But at the same time, we've got to make sure we check our sources. When I was going to college in the master's program, but I think one of the biggest lessons that stuck for me was using primary sources for your references and to not use secondary sources. They they almost were like none, none at all. We don't want the secondary sources because secondary sources have a tendency to take the primary source and add their opinion in it and to add their insights and what they think or feel, which there's nothing wrong with sharing your testimony and feelings about something. But if you alter what has been said in the primary source, there is something wrong, what we're talking about. We have to check. So what is a primary source? So the primary source would be the journal of the person. Okay, so you would go back to their journal, which Wilford Woodruff, because of him, we have a rich history of the church because he kept a journal. And he's the prophet with this guarantee on him and he died faithful so we can look at everything that he's saying oh this is really 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 good you know but some of the things old enough in the history they don't want us using because they're talking to specific audiences about specific things and if we take it out of context it can't be applied 
to our situation today. And so we have to be careful even using primary sources that we're not extrapolating and we're taking it out of context. So we actually have quite a bit of responsibility in sharing. When we stick to the words of the living prophets, when we stick to scripture that's been canonized, and canonized means that the church voted this in as scripture. So we put in as scripture. So we had to authorize it through our vote or through our sustaining vote. So can canonized scripture. Canonized scripture is the Bible, the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Book of Mormon. Okay, that's canonized scripture. Then there's scripture, which is anything that the prophet is teaching. Okay, so we've got all the proclamations are going to be, and if they're canonized, that means they've been added to our scriptures. Okay, so they're in our scriptures if they've been canonized. Then we have scripture that is like the words of the living prophets general conference okay and what's nice is if you listen very carefully the prophet will amend the conference he will give his stamp of approval on the conference and in ask us to carefully read and ponder the talks so that increases even the 70s account because now they're being backed up by a prophet and saying okay you need to study these things now after conference, these these talks actually go through another correlation process where they have to be approved. Now the correlation board, okay, people that sit on the correlation board are, are the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Presidency. So when it goes through correlation and it gets that stamp of the approval with the church, that means they've approved it. So the Gospel Library app actually all approved resources okay they've gone through the correlation so they're much richer source for information and we we just need to use it so i'm gonna get i'm geeking out right here i'm gonna turn over <laughs> i gotta be quiet i'm i'm geeking out i could go on for an hour yeah it's, well we so but let's so let's go back to the president nelson talks about the three truths. So we've talked about coming to our truths, right? Look, seeking out truth. Um, and we talked about each of us will die um, and each of us will be resurrected and um, we will each be at judgment. So what does that mean for us? Um, when Andrea was talking about that, each of us will, are going to die and that a lot of people are afraid of death. I, it just reminded me of two very different experiences. So my dad passed away suddenly, and actually he was probably dead for three days before we found him. So, and it was a very traumatic experience, um, and, and it was really hard. And the anger that I went through and the frustration and the was really, really hard. Um, but then a few years later, my grandfather passed away, and it was probably one of the most spiritual experiences I had. He had lived such a long life and a rich life, and um, and having at his funeral, I talked about how back in the day he heated his house with coal, and they basically stayed in one one room, and we would come over, and you would open the door, and the heat would be so much that it would take your breath away like it just was I'm, I'm sure you've uh, my kids say that I keep the, the car like that <laughs> in the winter time where it just takes your breath away and it's just so warm and so overwhelming and when he passed away that's how I felt like the spirit was so overwhelming 
death can be difficult and can be very hard, um, but it is an eternal truth. We will all pass away and we will all die. Yep. It is, it is something that we need to, to understand. I think when we are trying to discern and we're trying to find truth and we're talking about primary sources and we're getting them from true sources, we also can connect it back to basic doctrinal principles. These things don't change. I mean, the Godhead has always been the Godhead. Priesthood has always been the priesthood. Our understanding of those principles increases with time and with the continuing restoration. We get more understanding about them. But but these things are are solid. Covenants. They've, they've been in every dispensation throughout time. You can track it back. They're, they're always present, and if it was that way in Moses' day and Abraham's day, it doesn't shock me that it's in our day too. You know, this, these are truths that we need to really connect back with. And one thing I have found is that my heart has to be prepared to receive the primary, the primary sources. And what sometimes clouds it and gets in the way is what what you were talking about the anger the frustration the like all those human nature feelings okay all the things that are very very difficult on us we've we've got to be able to have a calm heart receptive heart and it doesn't mean perfect it just means that we're giving everything that we have and we're asking God to to fill it in and to give us the rest of the information that we need so if i am injured or if I have sinned, it clouds my judgment. And I have to get rid of the hurt, the pain, and I have to repent if I've sinned in order to get that heart that can then discern. So we have a responsibility to make sure that our heart's in the right place or it is easy to get off track. So we have these primary sources to kind of anchor us, right? We've got a prophet that anchors us. We've got scriptures that anchor us, that we have a doctrine that anchors us. But if we're having experiences that are going against those doctrines, we need to take a hard look at ourselves and go, what injuries have I not overcome yet? What person do I need to forgive? And maybe that's us. Sometimes I think we hold grudges against ourselves. We don't fully allow the repentance process to, to take full effect in us because we're we just are so down on ourselves for having done what we have done. And and we need to truly believe in the covenant, believe in the atonement of the Savior, and allow it in. And just say, yeah, I have made mistakes. I have sinned. And I acknowledge those things. I've repented for those things. And now it's time to forgive myself because I've gone through the repentance process. I've felt the forgiveness of God, and I need to accept it. And our forgiving of ourselves is accepting it. In this awesome book, this is not a primary source, by the way, that I'm going to talk about right now, but it can lead us to a primary source. And this book actually is The Divine Gift of Forgiveness by Neil L. Anderson. It's fantastic. And he talks about how forgiveness, but forgiveness is a primary source, okay? So it's a doctrine. It's it's something in our church that we have to understand. We've got an apostle who we sustain as a prophet, seer, and revelator. But there's a little disclaimer, and I think we need to understand when we have a disclaimer in a book, it's for a reason. Okay, so the views expressed herein are the responsibility of the author 
and do not necessarily represent the position of Deseret Book Company. But why can they feel very confident that, you know, Elder Anderson, oh, it's a good source, right? Like, this is a really good source. So they do put on here that the product offered by Deseret Book Company is neither made, provided, or approved, nor endorsed by the Intellectual Reserve Incorporated. So that is the, that is what gives permission for church content to be used, okay? The intellectual rights, um, they, they own everything that is, is church produced. And you can, you can get permission from them to use their material, but they want you to understand this is not the same as a church-produced item. Okay, this is, no, this is a, it's honestly a step below a church-produced item. Okay, so the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, or, that's the other one that, that owns that material. Any content or opinion expressed, implied, or included in this product are solely those of Deseret Book Company and are not those of the Intellectual Rights Re Incorporated or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So they're taking responsibility for this, but they're also putting responsibility on the author. And Elder Anderson is exercising faith to tell us what he knows of forgiveness. So that can lead me to scripture. It can lead me to Revelation, which is ultimately the best primary source. Information is directly from God. So when Andrea and I served our mission, I know it was forever ago, we actually only could bring five books. Yeah. Was it five? Yeah. Well, and I think I only read one of them, but like, go on. <laughs> they were like, our search for happiness, <laughs> Jesus the Christ... Do you remember what else? Our I don't remember. Like, like, anyway, the missionary library. Google yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, however, I'll, it. I'll tell you this. And, and this just stuck with me so much. And I don't know if I, it was probably President Evans, right? Our mission president. We could not have, um, what was the book by Bruce R. McConkie? Um, Mormon Doctrine. Mormon Doctrine sorry, was not approved. And, but... What I loved is our mission president said, it's not approved. Write your own Mormon doctrine. That is what is approved. And um, and I don't know if you've ever sat down and tried to write your own Mormon doctrine, but you find topics and learn about each topic. And that, that's what our mission president said. I don't care. You can't read it. You can't read it. It's not a good source. So write your own. Um, get, the, get the sources and write your own. Well, I think that's a really good gospel study. I mean, okay, so here's the library. I looked it up. Okay. I Googled it, actually. <laughs> and Google is a great source when it has LDS typed with it, okay? Like, you can actually get back to church sources when you Google something and, and you put LDS with it. Yeah. Um, and, and so it will take you back to church, church websites and things. So Google's fine, but you've got to navigate it so that you avoid necessary like all of the anti yeah. that will come up too. But here is a marvelous work in a wonder, Truth Restored, which includes the Gospel Principles Manual, um, Jesus the Christ, Our Search for Happiness, and the Articles of Faith. So that's all that the missionaries are allowed. And these are all correlated by, by the church. Okay, they have like the stamp. Don't they have the stamp? in all of these. Probably. I'd have to go get my list. But anyway, if you have the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's in the hymn book, it's stamped. And and then we have that new insignia, but before that insignia where it's Jesus in the in the dome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before that it's just 
it's written the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, so it's when it is produced by them, it is a more original source. Okay, it is it is a more pure source for information. And honestly, honestly, the Gospel Library is awesome and this talk that we're talking about is in the gospel library so all you have to do is go to adult and then hit young adult and then hit devotional okay and then it it, it pops right back up okay so that you can you can get all this information they have now made the gospel library a little more searchable okay it has had its problems and through feedback of other people they they now have made some improvements so that if you only remember a phrase let's say you're like i swear i heard this in general conference how do i find this so that i can be a pure source of information well you type in what you remember and then there's all these little clicks that you can do, like um, exact phrase. You can look for the exact phrase. You can look for it just in general conference. You, If you remember the speaker, you can look by speaker. And you can choose the things that will help you to find this more directly. And I've provided a link to that news article plus the little help video that takes you through that on Speak Truth, Gather in Christ. So, so you can look on that. And it's fantastic. I might, it, it's I honestly, <laughs> it's honestly fantastic. And learning how to search this thing doesn't necessarily have to take a doctoral degree like it used to. Okay, it was like kind of like I would skip it. I, sorry, but I would skip the gospel library searches and I would search on Google and then look it up in gospel library afterwards because it was so hard yep. to use the gospel library app okay like i'm still looking it up in google <laughs> andrew is better than and actually i get frustrated because the conference talks that used to take you to the church's website and now it takes you to the gospel library app yeah it does yeah it so does. if you google a talk it doesn't take you to the the ones on the website it takes you to the app and, and i get nice. a little bit frustrated well, yeah, so. we have to get used to the new way of how they're doing it. And But the nice thing is that you can highlight, you can mark yeah. it, you can do things with it in your study journal, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. But I want to get back to um, President Nelson's talk because he is really helping us to understand the eternal truths that we talked about earlier, but he's also wanting us to, to dive a little deeper get an understanding of, of our testimony and our true identity. And I, I know that um, Tiffany has some awesome things to share on that, but he's, he's talking about labels, but we're going to let her talk about that. I just want to intro what this next section with every righteous choice that you make here will pay, pay huge dividends now, but righteous choices in mortality will pay unimaginable dividends eternally. If you choose to make covenants with God and are faithful to those covenants, you have a promise of glory added upon your head forever and ever. And he's quoting a primary source. He's quoting the scriptures. He is a primary source because he's the prophet and we have that absolute guarantee. And look what he's saying, an unimaginable dividends eternally. And I think sometimes we're like, ugh, I'm cutting the drudgery of, of the sanctification process and it, it's painful. And, and we sometimes need to include the eternal perspective, but there is something unimaginably awesome that's coming. And why can we not know it all? Because then we wouldn't be exercising faith and changing to become more 
of our eternal identity. The whole purpose of this life was to forget everything and then remember it all and, and be true to what we had promised in the pre-mortal world. Well, and I think even, I mean, we talk about that, right, about the faith and making choices, but our choices make us who we are. And and he and he, in the talk, he talks about God wants you to be with him, but it's your choice and you choose to be with him. Um, but we choose to be with him by how we behave. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, because we become like him. Do you want to become like him? Do you want... And I, I think it was a... This is not a primary source. I think it was Michael Wilcox. He talked about one of his grandsons. And and the song, I'm trying to be like Jesus, and I love it. But he made it... I don't know if he... Anyway, he said something to the effects of, I'm trying to be Jesus. And that resonated with me so much more than I'm trying to be like Jesus. Um, because then now all of a sudden the compassion that I'm trying to give to my neighbor or my spouse or my children, I am trying to be Jesus. I am trying to give them redemption. I am trying to give them salvation. I am trying to forgive them and help them. And it it just made it different for me. And I think that's a good place to start. Um, but I can't be Jesus in the, in the sense that I can't save anyone. I'd, I can't perform the atoning sacrifice. I can't be Jesus for people, but I can be his covenant child. And what I liked about um, President Nelson's talk is he said that, you know, who you are first and foremost, you're a child of God. And second, you're, as a member of the church, you are a child of the covenant. And third, you are a disciple of Christ. Wow. I mean, so I'm trying to be a disciple of Christ. I'm trying to be a covenant member, a child of the covenant, where we take upon us the name of Jesus Christ, and he literally becomes our adopted father and the father of our salvation. So we we have God the Father, and we have the father of the covenant that we've entered into, and, and we are disciples And that's really, truly the label that I want to be placed on me. Like, I I don't want my actions to be like, oh, wow, she was kind of lame. You know, like, I don't want to be the lame follower of the Savior. I want to be a a true disciple and a true follower. Well, and I just sitting in um, Relief Society this week, I just talking about all of these where President Nelson, he talks about, If I were to rank in order of importance the designations that could be applied to me, I would say first I am a child of God. All of his titles, all of his credentials, everything he could be, he said I'm a child of God. Um, And then he he talks about how that statement we might, we've said it so often we might not truly understand what that means. And do we understand that power? And what does that mean? A... A really good friend, she was giving a talk in church one day, and she's like, have you asked God? Have you asked God how he feels about you? And I, if you haven't, that is an exercise that everyone needs to do. Yes. Um, you need to pray and ask Heavenly Father how he feels about you. And talk about primary sources. I feel like we live in a world that 
puts labels on us all of the time. Identifies who we are by these labels, right? Um, if you're a college student, I'm a straight A student. I'm a student at BYU. I'm a freshman. If you're in, you know, there's other ones. I'm single. I'm a widow. I'm. We put labels on ourselves all of the time. A bad dresser. <laughs> Maybe not the best cook. <laughs> Right. We want to do it all the time. Uneducated. Um, I mean, there are labels that we put upon ourselves all of the time. And as I was thinking about it, I just thought of Fourth Nephi when it talks about there were no more ites among them. And I thought, oh, here's Satan trying to divide us by our labels. We so want to identify ourselves by our labels. But Satan is dividing us by labels. Yeah. Yeah, isn't he tricky? Because we think we're being true or authentic, but we if we've lost the authentic labels of child of God, child of the covenant, and a disciple of Christ, then we've lost we could lose a lot more than just I mean, we could lose our eternity on this one. Yeah, like, you know, our eternity is banking that we have. I think that's why he said some labels will prove disappointing. You know, if we've accepted labels that in the end really can't take us to exaltation, then we'll be sad. He's like, FOMO. <laughs> Did you remember yeah. that in the talk? <laughs> okay, totally FOMO. FOMO. That was the so ultimate cute. FOMO. And then, okay, the other cute thing he says is super awesome. He's like, some would label me an old man. <laughs> yes, yes, we would actually. Okay, and and then he said, "But I'm not as old as Adam." <laughs> and he's like, "I do not buy green bananas anymore." Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I love that he's willing to be happy, and and you know he's joking about his wife and the labels about you know who are you advertising today because she had all the sweatshirts from the colleges that she went to or visited, and 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 so he's like, "Who are you advertising?" And honestly, like, are we advertise? What are we advertising? Yeah. If we're following the guidelines in the for the strength of youth, you know, because I love the conference talk that said for the strength of you instead of for mm -hmm. the strength of youth. It isn't that these become outdated when you're an adult. It, these are the same principles that help you to have the spirit strongly in your life. Okay, if you want the spirit stronger, read it. Get a good refresher course, and I think they've updated it. Well, I was they? just going to say, because um, we had Elder Christofferson and Elder Pearson and Sister Corden come and give oh, a training for a, a training for our area, and my husband went because he's the Sunday school president. Someone said something that one of the youth came in to the bishop. It was a bishop's comment or question or something and said, no one's following the strength of youth <laughs> media. Oh, and so for our Come Follow Me, we sat down and we went through the media. And it's I... It's actually really good. Right. Well, well, I was I turned to my husband and I'm like, honey, this was printed. So, and he looks at me and he's like, sweetheart, we're in a digital world. And, and so I'm thinking, you know, the Strength of Youth pamphlet when I was 15. And he looks at me and he's like... We the live brown one? <laughs> no, the white one. Okay. Oh, so it was I'm older than you. <laughs> I had the brown one. Okay, that white one was a new one. Okay. So... But I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, honey, this is so outdated. And he's like, we live in a digital world. And, and, and it's true. And so we went through as a family and we read 
the entire media section on the Strength for Youth. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, surprisingly and not surprisingly, because I feel like the church is trying to get away from the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. And because we're a worldwide church, right? Sometimes the letter and... Yeah, they put different... different anyway, yeah. There's different laws in different countries. And so right. some things that are rated R here are not rated R in China. Exactly. And okay. so that yeah. specifically, where it says, do not watch R-rated movies, no longer is in the Strength of Youth pamphlet. But that's not permission to go out and watch every R-rated movie. <laughs> right. Because, and, that, and that's what I was thinking, is this is a higher law. It's saying... There's a lot of PG-13 movies you shouldn't watch. There's some PG ones that there are, are bad. Some, I know. I So um, my little, she's 10 now. She had a little friend over. She was probably, they were in preschool or maybe kindergarten. They were five and she wanted to watch Trolls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we've outlawed that. And Trolls is PG. And he's like, oh, I can't watch PG movies. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but, oh, um, what a sweetheart, though. Like, I know. Trying like, their best to, like, watch. Okay, for, this is a plea for people that are making good entertainment. Keep doing it. I mean, there is some great entertainment out there. And there are companies that aren't as big as other companies that shall remain nameless. But, like, they, they are producing really quality family things and I'm so grateful keep doing it because there is an audience that is desperate to provide good entertainment for their families and this is yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna not get on my soapbox here but thank you for those that are like doing that because it is it is difficult and we have to be even better than what we were before this is an improvement this isn't a regression well and also just like Andrea said just because one family doesn't watch our, our PG movies unless it's been seen by the parents first doesn't mean that that's a rule that I have to take. Right, right. We have to follow the the promptings for, like, yeah, so because you can get encumbered by everybody else's rules. Um, yeah. And, and you've got to go to your primary source. You've got to go to your Heavenly Father, and you got to find out what is going to be a problem for your family. Because some yeah. problems are, like, uniquely difficult for families. There, there are things that are passed on in these mortal bodies that, that we're prone to and susceptible. Just like an alcoholic, if you come from an alcoholic line, you've got to avoid alcohol like the plague. If you come from a family where pornography is a major issue, then you've got to avoid pornography like the plague. You know, and and so there are sometimes stricter rules in in families that are trying to break chains of sin yeah so but going back to um knowing who you are and i think that that goes back to what andrew was saying and going to the source going to heavenly father going to the scriptures knowing who you are take away those labels it's not in your instagram post it's not in how many likes did i get on instagram your validation needs to come from Heavenly Father. Um, and But in the scriptures, it talks about how we are queens and priestesses and kings. And, um, and as I thought about that, what is that definition? And I think listening to my kids, that definition of a queen is someone who sits on their throne and is taken care of by all of their servants. They're brought bonbons all day long, and they don't have to work. Um, So I was thinking about 
Um, King Benjamin, one of the greatest kings who ever lived, um, and his sermon about being a king, and what does it mean to be a king or a queen? And he says, yeah, I have been chosen, you're chosen, by this people, and consecrated by my father, and was suffered by the hand of the Lord that I should be the ruler and a king over this people, and have been kept and preserved by his matchless power to serve you with all the might, mind, and strength which the Lord hath granted unto me. I say unto you that as I have been suffered to spend my days in your service, even up to this time, and have not sought gold, nor silver, nor any manner of riches of you, neither have I suffered that ye should be confined in dungeons, nor that ye should make slaves one of another, nor that ye should murder or plunder or steal or commit adultery, nor even have I suffered that ye should commit any manner of wickedness, and have taught you that ye should keep the commandments of the Lord in all things which he hath commanded you. Truly a king and a queen serve those. We are responsible to be stewards of the Lord and Jesus Christ, to help other people know them. That is what it truly means to be a queen and a king, that you represent a Heavenly Father um, and you help others to fill up their love for them. Oh, I thank you for sharing that. I Tiffany is wonderful, okay? If you don't know her personally, you should, okay? Because she is a true disciple and I appreciate her counsel and her wisdom and the things she's pointing out today. It's been just awesome. And I... I wanted to come back to his talk at, as, at a little paragraph where he says, God has a special love for each person who makes a covenant with him in the waters of baptism. And that divine love deepens as additional covenants are made and faithfully kept. Then at the end of mortal life, precious is the reunion of each covenant child with our Heavenly Father. I mean, really, isn't that the goal? Like if we're feeling a little less loved, and we need a little more closeness and a little more peace. That's the road to it. The The covenant path is the road to greater peace, greater happiness. And he goes on to say greater confidence. Listen, listen to, uh, he, he says, um, in the meantime, immerse yourself in the rich reservoir of revelation we have at our fingertips. I promise that doing so will strengthen your testimony even if some of your questions are not yet answered, your sincere questions asked in faith will always lead to greater faith and more knowledge. Now, please hear me when I say do not be led astray by those whose doubts may be fueled by things you cannot see in their lives. Most of all, let your skeptical friends see how much you love the Lord and his gospel. Surprise their doubting hearts with your believing heart. And he says, as you do, I promise that you will experience spiritual growth, freedom from fear, and a confidence that you can scarcely imagine now. You will have the strength uh, to have a positive influence far beyond your natural capacity. And I promise that your future will be more exhilarating than any anything you can presently believe. I mean, who doesn't want that? Like, do you seriously don't, I mean, want anything other than that? then we believed lies, if, if that's the case. If we want something different, we believe lies about ourselves, about the gospel, about the plan, and, and the purpose of the plan. And we can weed those, those out one at a time 
We can sometimes weed them out in a group, but we need to weed out the worldly influence that we've allowed into our heart and only accept those things from him, pure source. Yeah. And I do love, so one of my, one of, wow. I love this talk by, by Kevin J. Worthen of, um, he's the president of BYU and he gave a talk knowing who you are, but he talks about, and I think I've shared this before actually, and now I've lost it, but, um, he talks about that love it is easy to underestimate God's love for us. With our finite minds and imperfect bodies, it is impossible for us to fully comprehend it in this stage of our existence. Yet there is no aspect of God's character that is more central to his divine nature and none more crucial to the development of our faith in him. God's love for us is so much a part of what makes him God that the ancient apostle John taught God is love. God's love, God loves each one of us with a love that is greater, more powerful, or more constant than we fully appreciate. We should feel the, his love more often than we do. And as we feel that love more fully, it should and will change us. Um, and, yes. and I, we need to feel God's love. And, and, not, and be careful in how the world defines what love is. Oh, yeah. We talked about that yeah. in the last show. Yeah. yeah. Love yeah. is not necessarily just acceptance of who you are. God isn't going to leave you where you're at right now. He will change you, and he will make you better. And and don't, when I say that, sometimes I think that we're so afraid that he wants us to all be the same person. He doesn't want us to all be the same person. <laughs> no. He wants us to be true to our eternal identity, which are his children. And they're all very unique and different. We have people that we have things in common with, but but each one of us have individual and unique experiences, even learning the same truth, the same eternal truth. We have, we and our experiences is what makes us individuals. And he needs that. He, he needs, needs to that. build the kingdom. Yeah. He needs our differences yeah. to come together. Um, because that's what unifies us. That's what propels us to be better, um, that we don't think the same. Yes. And I'm not a primary source, but I'm going to say something that came from a primary source and how I, what I learned from it. Okay. So you can pray about it and see how you feel. But as I was going through the come follow me and we're talking about Proverbs and how it's the wisdom, um, chapters, okay. Of the, of the, um, Bible, it, you're wise if you can accept counsel and correction. That was some of the verses we were talking about. If you can be corrected, you're in the camp of wisdom. Okay, if you're if you can receive counsel, you're in the path of wisdom. And that's really important. And when we're getting counsel from primary sources like prophet, like the scriptures, like revelation in heaven, wow, right? These these are really great things. Now I'm going to quote another secondary source okay max Licata wrote you are special and i put it in mm. ben's library as a little kid i i tried to get as many books as i could in that library that would lead him to seeking revelation and i loved it because it's talking about not accepting the labels that other people are giving you but to go to the maker of course is god right and and to accept that nothing can stick to you if you believe the label that God puts on you. You're like, I'm, I'm here. Joseph Smith is going 
to his death at Carthage, and he says, I'm going like a man to the slaughter, but I'm as calm as the summer morning, and my conscience is void of offense. Okay, he offended a lot of people. <laughs> okay, like, he has an angry mob because he's offended them, but why can his conscience be void of offense? Because he was doing what God wanted him to do. He was, he had accepted the labels of a disciple of Christ, a child of the covenant, and a son of God. And those were the things that mattered. And what an example. You know, we can do that too. We can be an example. And yeah, not everybody's going to be like, ooh, super love your, you know, podcast. That was so awesome. You know, if if the Lord's happy, we're happy, you know, and, and we're, we're thankful for him and and for all of the things he's teaching us. And I'm still in the... Counsel and correction club, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to receive counsel. I'm going to receive correction and I'm going to try to implement that to the best of my ability because I'm in, I'm on the covenant path and the covenant path means growth. Back in the day when our priesthood and early society manuals were the prophets. Oh, I love those. I know. Mm -hmm. President Benson, there was a talk, I, I don't even know what chapter or, but he, you know, he was... In agriculture, right? He was the agricultural, as an apostle as well. He was an apostle and in the government. Mm -hmm. And his wife made a comment to him where it basically said, you're going to get a lot of praise and you're going to get a lot of criticism. And neither matters as long as you're right in the sight of God. Um, because also listening to praise can be detrimental too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a matter of knowing that you're right with God and not other people. Um, but, and as you were talking, well, we all have fun learning experiences. I've been corrected plenty of times. One time we stood up during a hymn when we weren't supposed to stand up because the leaders hadn't stood up oh, no. and we got major chewed out for it. I mean, and we're talking, this was a regional stand up. It wasn't just a, this wasn't just a stake level. This was a regional level. And he said, you look at the stand and you follow the leaders. You don't just do what you feel like you want to do. <laughs> like, uh, we will let you know when you can stand. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, but okay. That's another arrow in my quiver. I understand that principle now better and fine. You know, and I've forgiven myself because I feel absolutely no guilt when I tell that story. I'm like, oh, that was just a life lesson, you know, and I'm grateful that they were willing to, you know, stand against thousands of kids that were college age and tell us that we were wrong. <laughs> and yeah, okay, okay, we can yeah. do that. Well, we have uh, exhausted our time, but we have not exhausted what we want to talk about. And so we will be back again. And anything else before we close no. like that you have? No, like, I just... Honestly, um, and she was talking about the prophets, and you can actually look that up in the Prophets of the Restoration in Church History. You can uh, read, you can get their, their manuals, the teachings and stuff that we were having in our classes. They were fantastic. They were really, really good. Yeah, and you and don't so have these to have all gone through your library. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're all correlated. And, and so these are, these are all things that have the stamp of the prophet and the Quorum of the Twelve. And, and so the First Presidency, Quorum of the Twelve. And if you look in the um, True to the Faith, 
Okay, that one actually encourages you to use it in your lessons at church because it defines more doctrines than those basic nine. It's like the church doctrine. So instead of Mormon doctrine, um, which was for the time the best that we had, yeah. honestly the best that we had. I'm not trying to criticize Bruce R. McConkie at all. Yeah, we love Bruce Mormon R. McConkie. And he gave a lot of he got he gave a lot of good and we love the contribution that he made. There are updates to some of the things that he has said. More understanding has been given and, and so we need to keep with the updates. And that's really what that's about is sticking with the updates. But true to the faith is that update. Um, if you're looking for church doctrine, you go to True to the Faith, and it will. And if you don't get it there, I mean, there's tons of handbook. If I couldn't, most of the time, the questions that my classes would come up with, I would have them write down their heart wrenching questions and put them in a jar anonymously, and we take them out. Most of the time, their questions were answered with the Scripture Masteries and with the Nine Basic Doctrines. If they weren't, they were answered by the Church Handbook of Instruction. And, and honestly, like, these are heart-wrenching, difficult questions, and they were answered by those primary sources. Well, and I, I think also another good primary source is um, the Institute Manuals. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Those yeah. are on the Gospel Library app, and they give so much history to the scriptures um, that, are, that are just great. And I, and I don't think a lot of people know because they went to Institute after those classes, the core classes that you now have to take as a requirement for graduation. I don't think a lot of people have taken those classes, but all of the information is right there in your gospel. And this is like the truths, the restoration, doctrines of the Book of Mormon, um, Jesus Christ and the everlasting gospel and, and, and the family. There's another one on family. But all of these are core, they're principles and they are incredible get your kids to go to institute go to institute yourself read these if you're too old okay like it's so so good well i mean even with your come follow me oh yeah study these are really great resources that will help clarify any questions that you do have about yeah. the scriptures but um so thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing this with your friends. If you have questions or comments or want to follow us on Instagram, we're Gathering Christ on Instagram, Speak Truth, and or Gathering Christ on Facebook. And then you can contact us through gatheringchrist at gmail.com, right? Mm -hmm. That's the full one. Um, if there's something that you need us to address, but we're going to be covering President Nelson. Okay, we're, we're following President Nelson. We're his true followers on the Facebook and the Instagram and in life. <laughs> okay. So we, we want to be able to, to lead other people to Christ and his prophet is the best route. So, thank you. Mm -hmm.